You're listening to The Hungry Soul with Rachel Foy, covering all topics from spirituality, mindset work, beliefs, relationships, food, body image, business, money, self-expression, and more, helping you become a soul-fed woman. Hello there, gorgeous soul, and welcome to another episode of The Hungry Soul with your host, Rachel Foy. This is episode 85, and I'm delighted to have you here. Now, you might have noticed I haven't done a podcast episode for actually a couple of months, which I'm a little bit surprised about, so apologies for that. There will be more frequent from now, I promise. It's only because there's been a lot of stuff going on in the background here at Soulfed Woman HQ, all very exciting, all things that I can't wait to share with you over the coming months. Um, But until then, I'm just going to have to bite my tongue and I can't say too much. Now, today's episode is a little bit different. Um, This was actually taken from a workshop that I did over on Facebook about two weeks ago. Um, It's over in our Soul Fed Woman movement group, which if you're not a part of, then feel free to come over. Um, You can just search for Soul Fed Woman movement. Um, And it's a little group that's got about 500 people in and we do workshops, we have conversations, and it's a fabulous place for you to start if you're on this journey towards becoming and awakening your own own soul-fed woman. So this is a workshop that I did and it's called How to Eat Without Measuring and Weighing because this is definitely a topic that I hear a lot of women kind of struggling with particularly when they start this journey towards food freedom and taking their power back around food and reclaiming their bodies as well. Like how do I do that if I'm no longer measuring, if I'm no longer weighing anything, if I'm no longer tracking anything? So we're going to delve into it, okay? Now before we do, um, there's just one thing that I want to mention before I hand over to this workshop, Um, and that is next week, depending on when you're listening to this, so the end of July, there is going to be a really special thing happening for the book for Soul, um, The Hungry Soul. Um, If you haven't got a copy of it and you've not yet got your hands on this book, which according to feedback has been very, very popular, it's been all over the world, which is amazing, there is going to be a very special promotion for the ebook version, for the Kindle version. So I won't say too much now, but do keep your eyes and ears peeled because for the whole of next week, you're going to be able to grab a copy of that for a very, very, very small investment. And it's going to make the difference to, to you actually finding your freedom around food and body image. Right, on that note, I'm going to pass you straight over now to the workshop. Now, as I said, this has been taken from a group um, conversation, from a group little workshop that I did over on Facebook. Um, so there is a little bit of stop and starting. I think at one point the internet connection went and then the video picked itself back up. So this is its raw, real form. I, I haven't edited it. I've literally just taken it and popped it on here for you guys to listen to. So have fun, enjoy, and as always, uh, feel free to ask any questions that you want to. You can always head over to the Facebook group, as I said, um, and you can always um, yeah delve into these conversations with me over there. Okay, right. Have fun, gorgeous, and I will speak to you in a second. So we're going to have a bit of a conversation this evening. Um, all around how to eat without measuring and weighing because it's a fundamental concept in the work around becoming a soul-fed woman, in the work around feeding our hungry souls, in the work around finding our freedom with food and dieting and food obsession and all those kind of things. We need to know how we can actually eat without measuring and weighing. So, I know that all of you know who I am, so I'm not going to introduce myself, but I'm obviously Rachel. I know we've had quite a few new members that have like 
popped into the group over the last couple of weeks or so. So I am the, I was going to say the crazy founder. I don't know why I wanted to call myself crazy. I am a little bit crazy though. Um, I'm the founder of Soul Fed Woman and I'm on a mission to help women like you to find their freedom and actually take their freedom when it comes to food obsession and body hatred and dieting because these are the three things that most women do end up struggling with when I talk about um, binging and emotional eating. We're going to talk a little bit about dieting, yo-yo dieting. So it's really important that we start as women collectively, that we start taking our power back. And I use that expression so much because that's fundamentally what this is. It's about ultimately taking our power back from diet culture, from the conditioning when it comes to like socially accepted body size and actually start doing things based on what's right for us. Okay, so I'm going to leave it there because otherwise I could go off into a bit of a bit of a rant about that kind of thing. We'll share that, we'll save that for another day. So what we're going to do today is we're going to focus specifically on this and how you can actually eat without measuring and weighing because there's a very good chance and I'm going to take somewhat of an educated guess here that if you're in this space right now, whether you're here in the group, whether you're listening to this over on the podcast on The Hungry Soul, um, that you probably are a woman who maybe has done in the past or actually might still measure or weigh or track or monitor food. So if that's what you do at the moment, does anybody want to kind of um, give me like a thumbs up or give me a little bit of love if that's what you're doing right now? You don't need to say yes unless you really want to. Um, and obviously if you're listening to this on replay or on the podcast and just make a mental note. Maggie's here. Good evening, Maggie. So as I said, the chances are you probably have done and you might still do. And if you've been following like the work that I do for a little bit of time, if you've been in the group for a while, if you've listened to the podcast, if you've read the book, The Hungry Soul, then you will know that this is actually a really important step towards you actually finding your freedom. And it might very well be that you've already actively tried to step away from not weighing and tracking and measuring and monitoring, but maybe your head is still very much in the place of, oh, but I think I need to, or I really think I should, or maybe there's fear there about not doing it anymore. So we're going to delve into all of this tonight um, and more, okay? So the first thing that I just want to start with is why we end up measuring, weighing, tracking and monitoring food in the first place. So all of the stuff that I'm sharing with you is coming from my personal experience of having been a binge eater, food obsessive, exercise addict, yo-yo dieter, um, goodness knows what else thrown in for, for good measure as well for about 14 years. So I get this, okay, I'm talking from personal experience and I'm also sharing this experience now from a professional point of view because I've worked with hundreds of women over the years with all of this. And the one thing that all, all of us have in common, those of us that struggle with food in this capacity, is that we usually have some kind of food rules in place. Now, for those of you that have heard me talk about this before, it's always really good to have a bit of a refresher and to just pay attention because sometimes we hear it in a different way when we're ready to really hear the message. So the reason why measuring and weighing and tracking and monitoring is very kind of prolific in the work that we're doing right now here, like within Soul Fed Woman, and probably what you're doing as well, or what you're curious about doing, is 
food rules are, are a part of it and food rules are something that I can remember to this day and never will forget what that felt like and this is when we have these moral attachments to how we're choosing to eat as in yay go me I ate a salad super proud of myself like pat on the back and the opposite would be oh my god I'm such a loser what's wrong with me I've got no willpower I'm such a horrible person because I just ate another piece of cake or another biscuit or a packet in my case frequently and this is this is where the conflict starts so then we start to try and track and measure and monitor so the food rules are these moral attachments that we have to the things that we're choosing to eat where do they come from they come from diet culture because none of us were born into a world when we perceived a biscuit as being somehow evil and bad and wrong okay we didn't likewise we also didn't naturally just appear and we automatically went, well, that's fruit salad and that's, um, I don't know, a bowl of grapes or something perceived as quote unquote healthy. Therefore, they're good and it's healthy and that's what I should be eating and I'm a good person for doing so. And they're the only things that I should be eating because if I don't, I'm somehow a failure. Okay, none of us are, none of us are born like that. We're conditioned to be like that. And that conditioning comes from diet cult when it comes to dieting or diet culture okay have a think about it oh did i just lose my signal wait a second no i'm back again um diet culture so how how much experience have you had with dieting how much experience have you had with being on diets how much experience have you had with following plans how much experience have you had with following programs how much experience have you had when it comes to food rules Regardless of what plan, program, book, um, whatever they came from, how much experience of that have you had? Now, the chances are you've probably had quite a lot of it. It's probably going to be a good few decades for most people. The majority of women that come into my sacred space, they tend to be women who have been like this for decades, usually from a really young age or from around like 10 or 11, which is a really common time when a lot of women become very self-conscious of their bodies and how they're actually developing into women. That's often when diets start to become the thing to do. And that was definitely my story. But we've usually had a lot of experience with this. And the reason why I'm saying this is because therefore I'm hoping that you can appreciate if you have had food rules as being your normal way of eating for any amount of time, particularly for decades, then the idea of eating without tracking, measuring, monitoring, paying attention and trying to be careful, it seems really abstract and it will feel really abstract. And it might also feel really scary and really overwhelming. And you might even think, well, that's not gonna happen for me. Like there's absolutely no way that if I don't keep either a mental note or an actual physical record of what I'm eating, then I'm just going to eat myself into oblivion. Like how many of you might have that fear as well? That's a really common one, by the way. So these food rules, we're starting at the beginning of what's actually happening. These food rules come from diet culture and diet culture comes from the diets that you've been on. And the more diets that you've been on, the more conditioned that you are to perceive food as being good, bad, right or wrong. And when you are in that kind of relationship with food, whereby food is categorized, therefore you have a moral attachment to the choice that you choose to make any single moment that you choose to eat anything, then this is now where this conversation now starts. So for those of you that are actually watching here 
as I'm doing this in the group, for you guys on the podcast, you obviously can't join in, but for those of you that are actually watching, do you want to hazard a guess as to how do we actually start eating without measuring, without weighing, without tracking, without monitoring? How do we do that? Does anybody know? Does anybody want to throw some words at me? Does anyone make, want to make a random suggestion? There is no right or wrong answer in some ways, although there is an answer that I'm going to be expanding on in a second. How do we do this? Because it's actually one of the questions that a lot of people will ask me when they're really, um, when they're really new to the concept of finding their freedom with food, when they like come into the place around soul-fed woman. Um, and it's just a really interesting place to start. So anybody, 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 um, let me just reply to this whilst I'm doing it. Oh, what's going on? Oh, I can see some of you are replying. Sorry guys, just got some messages popping up. Okay. Right, so the answer, the answer, the answer, the answer is, drum roll please, it's something called body wisdom. And again, for those of you that have heard me talk about this, this is like fundamental, foundational, really important stuff. So even if you've heard me talking about this and you're familiar with the concept, this is still really, really important. Debbie, there you are. Yes, we're here, gorgeous. We're here. Okay, you found us. Brilliant. So the answer to this is body wisdom. And I want to expand upon what it is. Um, how, how do we know when we have it? How do we know when to, how to get it back? Um, how do we know if it's not there? Which by the way, it is there. So that was a bit of a trick question. Um, and also some practical tips on how do we actually start doing this? So I'm going to just take a little step back for a second before we get into this um, exploration around body wisdom. So you've heard me talking about food rules, diet culture, dieting. Therefore, we start to categorize food. Therefore, we have this like moral um, issue around food, like good, bad, right, wrong. We then perceive ourselves as being good, bad, right or wrong, depending on how we choose to eat. And this comes from dieting. Now, for those of you that are experienced dieters, and I know that all of you are, because if you weren't, you wouldn't be here in, in my world in the first place. That is the one thing that I can categorically tell you is that dieters are the people who end up becoming food obsessed, binge eaters, emotional eaters, food addicts, if you believe that food is addictive, um, dysfunctional eaters. They come from dieting. They come from diet experience. They come from diet culture. Okay. So those of you that have got experience with diets, I want to ask you an, a question and I want you to have a think about the answer honestly. If you want to share it, feel free to do so. But the question is, if you think about how many years you have been dieting for, probably on and off, you probably are, you, are, are a yo-yo dieter or have been at some point, which I definitely used to be. For every single diet that you go on, and it's irrelevant what diet it may be, because that's not actually the issue. Whatever diet you go on, how is your relationship with food kind of afterwards? So meaning the more diets that you do, how has your relationship with food changed? Has it stayed the same? 
has it not really changed that you're actually aware of or has it become more of an issue has it become more apparent has it become like more obsessive has it become more dysfunctional has it become more confusing has it become more overwhelming has it become more um kind of anxiety causing when it comes to like food choice and eating or Debbie says the more that I want food yes exactly a professional dieter I like that term I think we might have a few professional dieters right now watching and listening and that's okay because that's that's why we need these conversations so so yes yeah, so you're going to want more food why I'm asking you to have a think about this is because there's something actually also really important that's happening Whenever we are a professional dieter, as Debbie has so beautifully termed that, that phrase, I might need to borrow that actually, professional dieter. Um, the other thing that happens when we go on diets and we become professional at it and we become very good at it, good in the sense of we're constantly starting over on a Monday, we constantly have two or three days of being really, really good and then, oh my God, it's the weekend, I just want pizza and chocolate and crisps and a bottle of wine and all the things that I've not been allowed this week and then you start again on the Monday. The other thing that happens with that cycle of behavior is yes, your relationship with food becomes really screwed up in the long term, um, such as wanting more food, becoming more obsessive, it feels more overwhelming, you feel more confused, you might start feeling anxious and a little bit kind of almost panicked about, well, I, don't know, I don't know what to eat or how to eat. Maybe you actually start to feel that way if you know that you're going to a place where there's like a buffet. Buffets were my thing. I'm going to Park, park a mental note and come back to what I want to talk about but back when I used to be food obsessed and weight obsessed and body insecure and all the stuff that I talk about now buffets were my um they were my what's what's the phrase my kryptonite or my Achilles heel Achilles heel I can't remember what the what term is totally gone out of my head they were my weakness basically so whenever there was like a birthday party or there was some kind of like um gathering like a wedding or a christening or some like celebration when I used to be back in the world of corporate and we used to have like big like corporate buffet spreads they used to freak me out and they used to freak me out because I knew at the time or I believed I had no control over it and I just knew that I would end up eating excessively and I would end up eating to the point of feeling sick I would eat to the point of feeling disgusted with myself I would eat to the point of just feeling just so horrible and yet that still wasn't enough for me to stop. I'd still be going backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards until the end of the event or it was time to go home. And I know that a lot of you have had that experience as well. So, so going back to what I was saying, mental note, going back to the mental note. Um, the other thing besides this, so actually creating the food dysfunction in the first place, the other thing that diets end up doing, and if you are a professional dieter, this is what happens every single time you start over on a Monday. How many of you actually trust yourself with food now? So if you kind of imagine not having the, the, um, the diet plans, not being on the programs, not having any um, way of measuring or monitoring or tracking or keeping record of, not having any apps on your phone, how many of you can actually right now sit there or listen and go, do you know what? I think I'd be all right. I think I'd know what to do. I, I, I feel that I'd, I'd know I'm, I'm kind of in control. I don't feel anxious about that thought. I know what to, it would be absolutely not an issue. Or are you more likely to be complete opposite? 
as in, yeah, don't, don't trust myself, don't know what to do, the thought of it scares me, I don't see how that's even possible, I, I, I don't think that would ever happen for me. How many of you feel that way? I can see, I can see some of the love floating across the screen. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, not only the diets, this is, I know I keep going over this, but it's really important to just get the concept because once you get the concept, you can't unforget it again, okay? I always say this at the beginning of working with anyone, whether it's in my programs, whether it's one-to-one, -one, once you start to learn this stuff and you start to understand it intellectually, you can't unlearn it again. You can't now not know what you're about to learn because you can't go back. And once you know it, it's like, oh my God, it's like penny drops, light bulb goes on. And then from that place, you can start taking steps forward. Okay. I go back and forth with it. Yes. Okay, Debbie. So again, that's not uncommon. So maybe having moments that go, yeah, I can do this without the plans and the programs, but then you might freak out. And the freak out, by the way, is what I, what I term my diet gremlin. So the diet gremlin then just appears and goes, you can't do this, Debbie. You need, you need the rules. If you don't have the rules then you're going to lose all control, you don't want to go there. And then you feel bad and then you revert back again. Been there, done that. Okay. So this is body wisdom. So the diets condition us to have this um, relationship with food that is dysfunctional. So obsessive, compulsive, um, binge eating, overeating, food cravings, etc., etc. because this comes from the rules, from these moral attachments that we actually stick on the food in the first place. But the other thing that it creates is detachment from ourself. So again, all professional dieters in the room, please pay attention because the more that you have dieted and the more that you have started over on a Monday and the more that you have just tried with willpower and tried even harder and tried to be good, the more and more and more further detached that you have actually become, and I'm not blaming you at all now because this is diet culture's fault, you have become detached from body wisdom. So body wisdom is your natural, instinctive, easy, intuitive way of food is just food and you eat it when you're hungry and you start when you've had enough. Okay, that's it. And I know that sounds super, super simple. And in many ways it is. But when we've been so fixated on this is right, this is wrong, this is allowed, this isn't, I'm good if I eat this and I'm bad if I eat that and this person says carbs are bad and this person says fat's bad, we get into this whole mess of confusion the more that we try and stick to these rules and plans and programs, we metaphorically detach ourselves from our body. And again, this is a this is a concept you might have heard me talking about. It's almost like your head becomes detached from your body. So from your neck down, you're just oblivious to what's going on, which is really ironic because from the neck down is usually when most people are like so critical of themselves. And actually you're just living in this neck head area. Okay, food becomes a head thing, it becomes an intellectual thing, it becomes something that you overthink, it becomes something that you overplan, it becomes something that you analyze and rationalize and try and think your way out of a solution. Okay. And the problem with this, and this is where I lived for 14 years, is that when we're in this place and we're actually detached, so we're living in our head, from our neck down, we have this infinitely incredible powerful beyond beyond words actually we have this wisdom within us particularly as women we have this wisdom within us that is for me i call it body wisdom but actually it's more than body wisdom 
and I don't want to confuse any of you now, but body wisdom is more than just actually listening to your intuition when it comes to food. This is everything. This is your inner wisdom. This is your sixth sense. This is your like divine guidance. This is your higher self. This is like, it's everything. And so many women that struggle with food and their bodies, they're so detached from this inner power that they have because they've been so fixated on the food thing, trying to get it right. Yeah. So does that make sense? Um, that's all right, Rachel. I'm getting more connected after taking your program. Amazing. Good to know. Uh, lately, diet mentality has surfaced. Okay, we'll, we'll come back. We'll come back to diet mentality in a second. So, so this is where body wisdom ends up becoming disconnected from us because of the diets. So, how do we get it back? Because if body wisdom is the answer to how we can learn to eat without measuring, monitoring, tracking, paying attention. Body wisdom is the answer to that. It's the solution to that. How do we actually start getting it back? Does anybody want to hazard a guess? How can we start getting our body wisdom back again? Because even those of you that are watching or listening, who may be sat there thinking, but I don't have it. I definitely know I don't have it. I've never had it. It's not there. I think I'm somehow broken because it's just, it's not going to happen for me. I will tell you honestly, hand on heart, promise you every single one of you has got body wisdom. Every single one of you has got this inner wisdom within you. It's just more a case of if you've been so detached for such a long time, it may take a little bit of, bit of um, gentle coaxing, shall we say, in order for it to reappear again. So how do we get it back? Well, the first thing I'm going to kind of go go over go over what I've just been talking about um the first thing we have to do is walk away from the goddamn diet rules for a start which is a really liberating thing to do but I also know that sometimes it does create overwhelm and fear and panic some streaming through the window we've got to walk away from the diet rules so we've got to actually deliberately walk away from dieting from the plans from the programs from the things that we've been believing, I guess, through no fault of our own, that somehow chocolate is this evil devil thing that should not be in the house because if it is, it's going to call my name and I shouldn't ever have it because I can't stop and I can't control myself. You're not naturally, you're not naturally thinking that. Your diet gremlin's telling you that. The diet clubs you've been to tells you that. And actually because of dieting and you having labelled chocolate as such, whenever you've had it in the house, you've rebelled from the rule and then you have eaten it to excess and you have eaten probably far too much and felt sick and you have probably felt terrible for it and therefore you've started to believe that chocolate is wrong and, and it shouldn't be in the house because it's just oh, I shouldn't really do it it's not it's not chocolate's fault okay chocolate is just chocolate same as cheese is just cheese bread is just bread pasta is just pasta full fat yogurt is just full fat yogurt it's just it just is but we have so much attachment to it because of the conditioning that we've had from diet culture so the first thing is we've got to start taking our power back and we've actually, oh, is my connection to the interweb still working? Um, it's not about breaking food rules in a rebellious way, okay? It's actually about breaking them um, intentionally and deliberately, but with permission and coming from a very empowered place as well. So that's breaking diet rules, okay? That's the first thing that we have to do. Once we break the diet rules, we then have to, Debbie's just mentioned it, start listening to what our body wants. Now, this is a really bizarre, abstract, weird concept when you're not familiar with this. 
And I will frequently advise people to almost imagine that from your neck down, so your actual body, the thing that you have been so unkind to for years, the thing that you have disliked to the point of trying to change her, the, the thing that you're like, oh, I don't even want to look at it because it's just so disgusting. You've got to start being friends with her. Or rather, you've got to start letting her know that you're going to start being a bit nicer to her. Um, and again, I know it sounds really bizarre and abstract, but it really is that first step to you healing that relationship. Because think about it, if you had an actual friend who for the last 20 years, so this is metaphorical for your body, of course, for the last 20 years, you were like, oh my God, you're horrible. Oh, you're so disgusting. Oh, I wish you didn't look like that. Why have you got so many wobbly bits? What's wrong with you? Oh, you never used to look like this before the children. Do you honestly think that friend now would be like, hey, let's be best buddies and let's start hanging out together and let's, you know, let's start working together as a team? Probably not, right? She'd probably be a little bit hesitant and a little bit unsure and a bit distant, I guess, to start with, which is completely normal. But eventually she'll realise that you are, you are a changed person. So this is where I'm going to invite you to start talking to her. Now notice that I'm talking about your body as a her and a she, not as an it or a thing. Okay, if you can start adding emotional attachment to her, because she is a her, okay, you and her are the same thing. It just allows your mind to process this in a bit of a deeper way than if you use the sort of the abstract term. Um, abstract description of her being an it. So I always talk about my body's being a her. And from now, you and her are about to start a brand new, completely different friendship to what you've had before. And that involves you talking to her. It involves you getting to know her. It involves you know, letting her know that you're there for her. It involves you starting to be kinder to her. It involves you asking her questions like, how are you? Do you need anything? Is there anything that I can do for you? Um, is there anything that you're wanting right now? When it comes to food choice, asking questions like, do you, well, first of all, are you hungry? Um, then it could be, what do you want to eat? Do you want hot or cold or sweet or savory or crunchy or soft or salty or um, sugary? So can you see where I'm going with this? It's having an actual dialogue feel free to speak it out loud if you want to, um, if you're not bothered with people staring at you, um, or you can do this in your head, okay? So it is very much about just starting that conversation, starting that conversation with her, because this is the thing that most people are quite, I guess, quite blown away with when they actually start doing this work, because this is the work, by the way, guys, breaking diet rules and, and giving yourself permission to have cheese and chocolate and bread and pasta and stuff in the house is not difficult. Okay, because these things we enjoy. So you're not really trading discomfort, or sorry, you're not really trading comfort for this really uncomfortable situation to be in. It's the exact opposite. That's not the work. This is where the work starts, and it starts with this body wisdom. Because when you can actually start to reactivate and reconnect and retune back into your instinctive, natural, easy, no problem, no hassle way of just knowing how to eat, you don't need to measure and you don't need to weigh and you don't need to keep track and you certainly don't need to worry or feel overwhelmed or scared or anxious because you've got this inner guidance system who once you are connected to, she will tell you categorically, hands down, when she's hungry, what she wants to eat, when she's had enough and that's it, okay? And it's exactly the same and I'm going to 
tell you this as well because for some of you I know you'll be listening going I get it intellectually but that won't happen for me so if that's what you honestly believe then I want to ask you this right now your body is doing a million and one incredible things to keep you alive to allow you to be here to experience your family and your friends and just like life in general but she's also also doing phenomenal things that you have no conscious control over such as your heartbeats, um, your blood pumps around your body, um, your temperature is regulated, your hormones are regulated. So all of this stuff happens subconsciously. We don't actively sit there and think, oh my God, I've cut my finger, come on body, heal. She does it all by herself. So you have some kind of inner wisdom already programmed within you, as all of us do, okay? That cannot be denied. Now, the other thing that cannot be denied is what do you do at the moment when you're sat on the sofa or you're sat at your desk at work or wherever you happen to be and you suddenly think, I think I need to go to the toilet. Okay, I think I need to go to the toilet. Do you sit there then and go, oh, but do I really? Oh my God, I'm not really sure. Now, is that really that I need to go for a wee or am I just making this up? Maybe if I wait five minutes and then I'll definitely know. We don't do that, do we? We get that awareness, our body tells us, she communicates it to us and then that's it. We get up, we go to the toilet, that's it. We don't overthink it, we don't overcomplicate it, we certainly don't question whether what we're being aware of is actually true or not. Yet why do we do it with food? We all sit there and think, I don't know if I'm hungry. Am I really hungry? Oh, maybe I'm making it up. I don't know if I am. I'm gonna give myself five minutes. Oh, I'm not really sure, okay? I know it's a really funny conversation to have, but it's so true. So you do it with a toilet. You, you know when you're tired, like you never second guess or question whether are you really tired or not because when your body's tired, she tells you, you hear it, you're aware of it, you probably pay attention to it and then you do something about it, you go to bed, if you obviously can, yeah? So this is the same with food. Eating is one of the most normal, natural things that as human beings we're designed to do because if it wasn't, then you and I won't be having this conversation. Like us as a species would never have evolved for like millennia. We would have died out long time ago and we haven't. So eating is really natural. The same as knowing when we're tired, the same as knowing when we need the toilet, the same as knowing when we need to drink because we're feeling thirsty as I am right now. We just know. So the fact that we struggle with food, it's conditioned, it's learnt behavior. It's learnt from dieting. So when we start to unravel it and we start to break the diet rules and we, we literally and physically, metaphorically start going backwards, whereby we stop the diet plans, we stop the rules, we stop the programs, we start giving ourselves permission to eat and we start to reconnect to our inner wisdom at some point in the not too distant future because this does not take decades to get back again. I've had women within literally days of starting my programs or days of starting like working together when they've gone, oh my God. That's what hunger feels like. And oh my God, I know when I've had enough. Like it just, it just appears because they're paying attention to it. Like they're, because they're listening, they're tuning in. So that is by far the biggest tip that I can give you is if you really wanna start learning again, actually relearning again, how you can eat without measuring and weighing and tracking and monitoring, besides walking away from the diet plans, etc. the next thing is body wisdom. And that starts with you having these conversations with your body, with her. So it's repairing your relationship with her. And 
that might make you feel uncomfortable. There might be resistance there. There might be fear there. There might be overwhelm there. There might also be excitement there or intrigued or curiosity or all those things. And all of those things are completely normal, but you've got to start somewhere. So from now, regardless of where you are in the world or what daytime, etc., you're watching or listening to this, what if today you could start that process? You could start that that journey towards reconnecting to this inner wisdom. So actually having these conversations with her, particularly around food, you know, particularly when you think you're hungry or maybe when you've always eaten because it's like lunchtime, um, actually start asking her, are you really hungry? Like, do you want to eat now? And if you do, what do you want? And, and if, if that's what you want, how much do you think you might need? You know, and this is a very... It's a very mechanical thing to do at the beginning. I said this actually to one of my new uh, one-to-one clients this week. When you start doing this, particularly around body wisdom, for the first few weeks, it feels awkward and it feels weird and it feels strange and it feels forced and it feels mechanical. And that's actually okay because it has to. You know, if you are going from having been so conditioned to not listen to your body, to be in your head, to follow the external plans and programs, to eat based on time, to eat based on measuring and weighing and tracking and monitoring. Yes, this part of your journey is going to feel really bizarre to start with, but it won't feel like that forever. Because once you get to a certain place of kind of getting feedback and actually exploring this with curiosity and actually noticing that, oh, I am recognizing things. Or maybe you're so used to eating at like 12 o'clock every day because it's lunchtime. But actually when you ask her, she's not really hungry. She, she's kind of hungry a bit later on or maybe it was a bit earlier. And just kind of having that feedback and, and gathering the evidence that she, her, your body, body wisdom is very much active. Like she's very much already there. And your only job is to start tuning back into it. It's like tweaking the radio dial. Now you can't hear it unless you're actually tuned into it. And that starts with this, starts with you paying attention, listening, asking her questions as bizarre as it might seem and feel and just keep doing it. Okay. That's the biggest tip that I can give you. And it's the one thing that even with the people that I've worked with for a while, um, if I ever speak to anybody, Debbie, I'm just going to come to your question now, whenever anything starts to resurface or whenever something kind of feels like it's coming back, like diet mentality, like, um, feeling a bit out of control or feeling a bit anxious around food this is the first thing that I always say regardless of where you are on your journey go back to body wisdom because the chances are that body wisdom is like a, a daily practice has gone out the window and you're not doing it anymore because when you listen and you're connected diet mentality will start to disappear you will start to be more aware, you will start to be more in tune, you will start to be more connected and all of these pieces all fit together so in response to your question, Debbie, that's the answer. Go back to body wisdom, like deliberately for the next week. Just practice this every single day and then notice what happens to diet mentality. Because the chances are it will start to disintegrate into the distance. Okay. Right. Has anybody got any questions? I could talk about this for another two hours, but I shan't because it is Friday evening. And I'm sure you've all got far better things to do than be sat here listening to me. What a lovely, lovely night. Yes, I will, and you're right. Fab. Fab, fab, fab. 
Right, if anyone has got any questions, um, I will stay here for a little while to take your, um, yeah, to take your questions. Can't see anything, I'm being blinded by the sun. If not though, I'm hoping that that was helpful. I am going to start doing these again somewhat more regularly than what I have. Um, yeah, I don't know where time goes. Sometimes time disappears and I think, oh my god, I've not been in the group for like months. How did that happen? So I, I'm going to schedule, um, in fact, I've got it down on my planner, <laughs> lip gloss, where did you get them? Yeah. Um, does anybody else have like lip gloss and stuff just randomly on desks? I always do. My daughter found this. I'll tell you a funny story before I say what I was going to say. I always have um, on my desk, besides pens, etc., I've got like lip glosses. And I've got a lipstick somewhere, like a really bright red one. If I'm ever doing like podcast interviews, um, just like a quick touch up. And my daughter, who's six, she found the bright red lipstick not too long ago. She was like, Mommy, look at me. It's everywhere. It's like, oh, that's nice. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah, I don't keep that on my desk now. Just the lip, just the lip gloss, which is easily wipeable. <laughs> um, yeah, as I was saying, I am going to put some events here in the group and it is scheduled on my calendar to do on Monday so on Monday at some point you're going to see probably quite a few invitations that are whizzing their way to you. Um, I'm going to start doing these little mini workshops probably every other week um, just to kind of get the conversation going because I know that there's, there's nearly 500 people in this group um, and I know that these conversations are very 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 important for us to be having as a community. And actually for you guys to start expressing how you're feeling as well. I know that's not always the easiest thing to do, but when we can start exploring this together and like collectively, it just allows, it allows, it allows for change to happen, which I'm hoping is why you're here. Because if you're not, then, then why are you here? Like if you actually don't want to find your freedom around food and body image stuff and you don't want to find freedom around dieting, then why are you here? Why are you here? Okay, so got no questions, which is absolutely fine. I'm assuming that that all makes sense and you're like, okay, just gonna go off and practice. Um, yeah, in that case then, I'm gonna say goodbye in a second, but I will post some more events here in the group on Monday. So keep your eyes peeled. Oh, and actually, whilst I'm on it, if any of you have ever got any subjects or any topics that you would really like me to explore like this, then, then let me know. So post it in the group or send me a message if you want to because, yeah, because I'd totally love to do that. Like if you've got an actual thing or maybe you've like read the book, um, if you haven't, get yourself over to Amazon. Hungry Soul, Rachel Ford. Um, yeah, if you read the book, there might be something off the back of reading it that you'd really like me to explore in the group. So if you do, then give me a shout and I will see what I can do. Righty, oh lovely ladies, I am going to go. I've had such a fabulous day today. Some amazing things happened. I think I posted in the group, actually. I found, well, I found this out weeks ago and I wasn't allowed to say anything um, because I was sworn to secrecy until today, till the 5th of July. But I'm, I'm a blooming finalist in the EVA Awards, which is the Enterprise Vision Awards for female business owners and entrepreneurs in the northwest of England, which is a little bit mad. And I'm still somewhat speechless. When the woman phoned me two weeks ago, she's like, is that Rachel? It's like, yeah. It's like, oh, my name's such and such. She said, um, did you know that you got nominated for an EVA award? I was like, no. <laughs> she 
she went, oh, you were, you were nominated. I don't know who nominated me and they, and they can't tell me apparently, it's confidential. Um, but anyway, she said, uh, just to let you know that you have actually been selected as a finalist in the health and wellbeing category. So there's me and five other women that are up for the award and we have to go and do um, like a, an interview thing in front of a judging panel next week, which I'm really excited about. I get to talk about this in person to like four complete strangers, um, which is quite, I'm bizarrely looking forward to that. So there's a judging panel next week. And then I think in August, the it's like open then for like a public vote. So I think it's the public vote and the judging panel decide together on, on who the winner is. So if that's if that is actually what's happening, which I think it is, and I um and I'm needing some extra support, ladies, then I will be completely like vote, 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 because actually this isn't about me. I just um I was saying this to my sister today. The fact that I've been recognised is amazing, but this is also about exposure for soul-fed women. Like I've always said that this work has chosen me. And I am purely here to just like hold the space and to share the message that kind of comes through. But Soul Fed Woman, like she has, she is her own, her own thing. Um, and I'm just kind of like her guardian. And it sounds a little bit abstract, but that's how I've always felt since the sort of the, the idea or the notion came to me a couple of years ago. And this is more exposure for Soul Fed Woman because the more people that find out about this work and the more people that find out about us as a group, and obviously things like the podcast and the book and, and all those resources that actually give women their power back. Like collectively, this is phenomenal because the more women that stop the, the body hatred and not feeling good enough and like going to the weekly weigh-ins, et cetera, they start to become more empowered. And actually this is also about them healing their stuff, which, well, it is, it's about them healing their stuff and knowing that they're good enough, but then that's gonna have a ripple effect. Like if that's a mum, she's going to teach her children to be exactly the same. Or if she's a grandma, she's going to teach her grandkids. And this is, this is like the vision, you know, this is about me being a part of this conversation where we start changing the future, you know, so that women in two generations time are like, piss off diet culture, not interested. I'm amazing just because, you know, just because I am, not because you're telling me that I have to look a certain size. So yeah, so there you go. So I'm proper chuffed. Um, and yeah, some new wonderful clients and a few exciting new things happened as well that I'll share with you later. So there you go, gorgeous. Another episode brought to you by The Hungry Soul. Now, if that conversation has got you a little bit curious about your own journey right now and how perhaps you can start helping yourself to become more self-fed, but maybe you've got no idea where to start or what that might even mean for you, don't panic. We've got some fabulous gifts for you that are all completely free. All you need to do is head over to soulfedwoman.com forward slash free dash resources. And over there, there's workshops, handouts, meditations, and loads of other goodies. So go and grab as many of them as you want to. Can't wait to speak to you soon. Bye.